This is revival season on cabbages. We got a new record coming out February 23rd, Golden Age of Self Stitching. The revival season, we here on cabbages talking about gang related. You know, I have a great deal of respect for Roger. Sure, of course. We've talked about it a little bit. I just, you know, the writing, the way that he understood movies, it really, it shaped the way that I understood movies. He liked this film. He liked three stars. Above average. Or at least better than halfway good. How? Were there just not a lot of movies? Maybe they were just... It can't be that. Like, and 1997 was yeah. a fruitful year for cinema. Right. Like, and even for this particular genre, this film gang related that we're going to talk about today, this mm. is the same year as Jackie Brown. The same <sighs> year. Have you seen the two films, gang related and Jackie Brown? Like, this is sort of like the like warped funhouse mirror version of it where the perspective is no longer from the woman. It's like Jackie from, Brown for dummies. It's like everything Jackie, is 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 spelled out. Like there's close up shots. Like now when he puts that gun in that security locker or whatever at, at the police station when he's replacing it after using it in a crime. Yes, right. He's got a handkerchief. Yes. Just to let you know, he's smarter than the average bear. He's not just exactly. going to leave his prints all over stuff. Goodness, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. No, he wouldn't want to do that. Our guests, I don't. What are we going to do? Nah, like this was pretty feel, abysmal. Maybe they liked ba- it. I feel bad. I feel bad. Roger Ebert liked it. Maybe they liked it, but I can't imagine they did. I can't. I have to assume. Okay. We're going to talk. It's revival them. season. I'm real sorry. Revival like, season. They're they're a great duo. I really enjoy their record. It's about to drop a little later this bang month. Bang the record I, for sure. It is excellent. so. It's great stuff. So I I hope they're not mad at us. But if they are, I'll understand. Totally. Yeah, we deserve that. I am very excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Revival Season, an Atlanta-based duo. Rapper Bez Evans and producer Jonas Willie are gearing up to drop their debut album a little later this month. It's got an incredible title, Golden Age of Self-Snitching, and it's coming via the Heavenly Recordings label. They also have some upcoming tour dates in North America with the Irish rap group Kneecap, which we'll share those dates in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the show. What's happening? Thanks for having us. First and foremost, I think I want to start things off by saying we really wanted to do Gridlocked. I really wish we could have done Gridlocked. I watched that movie last year for the first time. It was on my list of things that I've been wanting to watch, and I was blown away by that film. And so I said, we're going to do a Tupac movie this season. We've been talking about all these rapper movies. I'm so excited to do it. I'm like, this is going to be the one. It's like the, the hidden gem. Everybody's seen the big ones. And I'm going to like, I'm going to introduce a whole bunch of people to this. And maybe our guests will have seen it and maybe not. And then I come to find out that it's not huh. available to rent anywhere. It's streaming in like one tiny spot of the internet and you can't get it anywhere else. They so, hide the good part from us. So I said, well, what's the next thing we could do? Well, what's the other posthumous Tupac movie from 1997? Gang-related. Easily available on Tubi. And that's what we watched. And 
I just want to say it was not my intention for us to watch this movie. Mm. <laughs> it was not. I came from a place of, of love. and It really we was. We were excited. <laughs> oh, look, I'm glad we watched it, man. All right, wait, before, before we like start launching into like how they did mm. Pog Dirty, which has just been lingering <laughs> on me for the past couple of days. Mm. Uh, I, to this year, I said it was going to be the year that everybody gets my name right. So my name is B-Easy, Brandon B-Easy Evans. Uh, Brandon if you B look easy. at it, B yeah, it's just three. It's just three capital letters together. So I've been getting this bed forever. I believe so it. Yeah, this right. is going to be the year that we're going to uh, like stop every single one of them, uh, but and get back to how they did Pac Dirty. Man, I'm, I'm traumatized after watching this movie. Mm -hmm. In many ways, I had nightmares when I went to sleep. I couldn't complete the third act when I watched it at first. I just turned the shit off after the second act and <laughs> spared myself for the night. Uh, but I, I think I'm putting myself back together after the watch. Can I ask you guys just from the start, sort of what your experience with Tupac on screen has been like? Are, I'm assuming this isn't the first Tupac movie you guys have seen. Everybody's seen Juice. I think, guys, I haven't seen Juice. This was my first Whoa, Tupac film. This was your that. first. We got to do quality time now. Oh, we yeah. absolutely should have done Juice if I had only known. Oh man, I would definitely. I just jam, assumed Chris. all humans like see see Juice in middle school. <laughs> it's like I feel like I haven't seen it and remembered it. You know hmm. what I mean? You remember okay. Juice? It's also one of those that come up in, in culture so much. Like it's a, yeah, it's a yeah. pop culture moments. There's references that are made. There are tons of hip hop tracks. Tons of rappers who have gone and referenced that in their work. Like so, like you know it. In a sense, in the same way, there's these films that sort of kind of rise to that level. And that soundtrack went crazy too. That soundtrack's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's also one of those one of those things where, you know, he only did a certain number of movies in his life, like a handful of films. There were four movies that were released during his lifetime, an additional three afterwards. So we're talking about like right. seven movies up here. So we're talking about Juice, then it's Poetic Justice, then it's Above the Rim. And then you got these three posthumous films, Bullet in 1996 with Mickey Rourke, which I don't know if anybody has seen that one. I have not. It, then there's Gridlocked, Bondi Curtis Hall directs, and it's an incredible, incredible film, I think. And then there's Gang Related with Jim Belushi and Tupac. And it is the first film um, where Tupac plays a cop. Oh, boy. His last... So what do you Which think? Was upsetting. this also a gem of, of filmmaking? Uh, just overall, did you, did you think this was a, an amazing uh, piece of a, anything? Jeff, did you consider this? <laughs> the look on your face. Jeff, did you think did you think anything of, of this film? Sorry, you smell a smoke break before this. Before you <laughs> I, answer. I really don't like this film. <laughs> that was so mad the whole time. Yeah. Yes. We're just mad. We watched him twice, so like the second time was absolute torture. I wanted to forget every detail of this film. Uh, I'll say this. Okay. Uh, before we just absolutely destroy this thing, and I expect this group will absolutely destroy this thing. Oh, we're shitting on this thing. We're going to crush it. Uh, mm. I was not all that mad at Tupac. I thought no. Tupac did what he could with a a, a weird script and a bad scene partner and a huge suit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, enormous. <laughs> it was big. Yeah. Bad like David wardrobe. Byrne, 
talking head suit. <laughs> yo, who like, picked out this man's tie, bro? Like, yo, it, it was, was a large was going suit. Crazy in this movie. It was really it was big. like it was like those NBA players when they just put them <laughs> those oversized sacks and call them suits yeah. like the men's warehouse thought, fucking vibes. I thought that yeah. he seemed like a conflicted person. Now the the stakes of the film were higher than the performance allowed. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I can hear that. Mm-hmm. So like his effort seemed minimal because like you know you murdered 11 people whether or not they dealt drugs you murdered 11 people i did not believe at any point during this movie that any either one of those characters was capable of the things that they were doing they were super nonchalant in the way they talked about it too which was like a head trip okay nonchalant <laughs> love, I, I love that word but We've it was like the things <laughs> The places that they spoke about these crimes. Oh, the places you'll Fort go. House, police station, police station, courthouse, public restaurant and bar. Those yeah. are the five places. And, and some car. of them multiple times. And in a car. car. Police car. Yeah. And police in a car. car. In the police car. In a police car where there's a police radio that police can tune into. Listen, I, I'm not <laughs> saying that I'm a good murderer. Okay, I've never tried, but I know I can do it better than these cops. I'm sure you could. They were yelling in the bathroom, screaming in the courthouse, <laughs> like bathroom, the courthouse. Yeah, and yeah, they were trying home. the case that they were involved in. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like they just showed up at like you know 11 and the case was at four, they were doing this. shit. They were like, uh oh, bad evidence like, during the case, during they walked out and were like <laughs> screaming at each other about. Killing a DEA agent. <laughs> yeah. Dude. The most egregious of those is when they do it literally in their squad room. They do it in the, the squad room. Yes. I have I wrote I wrote this down. There's a quote from Tupac in this where he says, Oh yeah, I love to make people laugh. That's my life's worst. Did you hear about the one about the two cops who wasted a drug enforcement agent? <laughs> in a squad room, steps away from the chief's office. They are confessing to the crime. Like, he yells it. He's like spirited. Like I'm now I'm just so tired of this. I want everyone to know. Do you it think was that, it was the only thing that like me and a character in this film had in common was that Tupac was as mad as I was about having to deal with it anymore. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you think that Tupac did this movie? His first ever as a cop because the cops come off as so inept and idiotic. Do you think he was subversive? I would love, I would love oh, if that, that was the case, man. But I, I don't even think it was that like meta deep type of like issue and shit like that. I think it probably is like, I think what they thought they had on their hands with this movie, uh, pre production, all that, when this script was written, was like a complex thriller that is multi-layered with all these twists and turns and it just didn't deliver like none of that shit uh as yeah, there were a lot of twists and turns court, i i knew i knew when the characters were introduced that like end up resolving this thing i guess uh resolving our characters at least 
I was just like, oh, that's the one that's going to do him later. <laughs> like, <just> like, <laughs> no, no intrigue, no mystery and shit. Like they introduce these characters, they fall out of the story. I'm like, oh, he'll be back to kill our main <laughs> in the third act. Exactly. I, you know, that's very prescient of you because I just forgot the dude existed entirely. It was the gambling a, one or the dude that got off in, in court. Yeah, all of it. At some point, I do remember <laughs> texting Gary and being like, "Didn't he have a gambling problem at some point?" Yes, dude. We should yeah, really start like, at the very beginning the shit because it, it gets crazier and crazier. Yes, yeah, like, I was texting stop. B because uh, I watched it after B, and I was texting him like as the next thing unfolded, and I was just like, "What? This is happening?" <laughs> He's just like, "Yeah, it's crazier," <laughs> and then it just kept getting crazier. But dude, this the movie starting with a pop song. It, I like, was like, let's go. Suck. I'm the movie feeling it. Only sucks so bad when you have at least two licensable songs from pop. Like life finds a way. Dude, if he wouldn't have been in the movie, <clears throat> I mean, do you guys think it would have been There's no soundtrack? Yeah, like do you think they would have been able to get that song for that movie? No, like the whole point is that like like there was the death row connection, like death row put out the soundtrack to this movie. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but oh, like Tupac's connection to this is what's, is what's clear. So like you have from the very start, they play the music and you go, all right, I'm excited. There's a strip mm-hmm. club. They're showing things. You're going like, this is going to be a good movie. Everything about what you're seeing right now feels like this is going to be an interesting story about cops and criminals. And I'm ready for it. And then you get to the first scene. You want to know my theory? And fucking Cool Mo D shows up. Cool Mo D shows it's up. It's Cool Mo D related, my theory. Okay, I'm listening. When they killed Cool Mo D, you remember in the beginning of the film, which feels like an hour and a half, uh, they kill Cool Mo D and the movie dies with it. Everything that happens after they kill Cool Mo D is all downhill from there. Nonsense. All Pure downhill nonsense. The next thing that happens is he takes that gun that he shot cool mo d where they took robbed us of cool mo d for the rest of the movie <laughs> right right took from us and then places the gun back in an evidence locker he just like a, li- a live court case evidence shit. locker and <laughs> yeah, didn't think to himself puts it on the shelf yeah like and the, then the doesn't think to himself the there craziness. there may be consequences to these actions at no point do they really they talk a little bit about consequences but no not neither of them really ever believes that there will he, be. he takes the gun that they needed for an open case that they already had going on He's, yeah. there's a tag on it that tells him what the gun is supposed <laughs> to do that shit he could read from that his, and just be like his open case. you know what there's a bunch of guns in here and what if I just did like 30 seconds of research and found now, which one I thought was innocent. Now, hold on a second, Jeff. Hold on a second. <laughs> Are we sure that Jim Belushi's character in this movie can read? No. no there's no. no way to know. He supposedly writes a letter, but there's no, we don't see. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if he actually, maybe he might be illiterate. That might be part of the problem in this film. Because what other fucking reason is there <laughs> to take the gun from a case that you are actively involved in that you know it's is from like case. a maniac? It's his own case. He was the his guy. Yeah. They brought him in. Yeah. I don't really understand how that. His trial was up in like, a, in like a two weeks. Like however the span, like time frame of this movie was in, like the case was in like two weeks. And he yeah, yeah. this gun. <laughs> say, we're gonna need this in a couple. And then th- through the through the miracle of this film, only this the film miracle? could bring 
Only this film could bring this much fucking stupidity. They go to a gun dealer and buy an identical gun, meaning that at any time they could have gotten an off. They could have just went and got a gun, killed this dude, and then ditched the guns somewhere. Yeah. They're cops. No one's going to fucking care that they have guns on them. Yeah, it took them two seconds. Why did he steal a gun from a live court case when all he had to do was call his fucking boy and be like, I need a gun. He was like, one untraceable. Yeah, all of them. They're untraceable. That easy. That also, scene, him and that and scene Tupac, was 30 seconds. That scene itself was 30 seconds. Him and Tupac, Tupac fired Tupac him and Tupac fired their guns at Kumo D. Still <laughs> mad about that. Kumo yeah. D at the same time, meaning there's a whole bunch of different bullets in this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no fucking yeah. way that they fired that gun and that was the only one. Him, he got hit on both sides of his body. I noticed this the second time around where I was like, you can't like it took them. You're we breaking, actually don't. You're breaking. We actually Not don't. Mention, I'm sorry. We actually don't know. Accuracy was next level. It was they, incredible. They, they drive by. They hit like four times right here, oh, center God. man, like crushed. Real him. shooters. Yeah. <laughs> Boys was real shooters. Yeah. So I know for a fact that like there's different bullets in this dude. It took them. We don't know how long it will take that police department to run Prince. We don't know because they never did it with this guy who killed a guy. And apparently they could have just rigged everything from the jump because I guess they was doing all these murders in their precinct, right? Because it's just like the case came right back to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so like they they killed Cool Mo D the next day they're investigating the case. So why did you need to pick up a phony like gun out of evidence anyway? If you knew you was going to be investigating the murder, you could have killed him with anything. It's your thing. Yeah. What we learned very quickly. Just keep the gun at home. (laughs) Who's coming looking for it? Listen, this was their eleventh time. That's the thing. We learned they're (laughs) still bad at it. Eleven. We learned that these guys are terrible at this stuff. (laughs) The fact is this: they've killed eleven people by this point. By the by, the time we get to this point in the film, they've killed eleven people, Mm -hmm. and they've only of their schemes have only come out of that with a hundred thousand dollars a piece. Mm. They killed Cool Mo D for like an ounce of coke, bro. That's it. <laughs> he didn't have that much money on him. <laughs> they they, they, they like have no idea how much coke they, they, is. They cool Mo D for like an ounce. Nothing. Because it was cops selling to cops. They they should have known right there that he was a cop. Yeah. He's going to pay that much for an ounce of like, I don't even think the plastic bag was closed. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. All the that drugs were gigantic, drugs. and it wasn't closed. And he's like, "Great, here's the drugs." Yeah, like, just oh. like clear Ziploc bags. All they the spent drugs no in the time on that clear Ziploc. <laughs> like, there's so many examples of how bad they are at this stuff. Like, I mean, obviously, it's just the series of bad decisions that create all these terrible outcomes. The gun situation. I'm happy guys, to talk about all of them because they're all hilarious. To me. The guys they try to set up who all have alibis. Oh my is, god, that scene is so. Oh my god. Can we talk about the montage? Can we talk about the bird montage? montage? Yes, do it. Where you? All right. So, <laughs> what were you doing on like last Friday? <laughs> it's a whole perp montage, man. Which this is. This is the point of the movie. I just started getting furious and shit. Like, y'all really just going to trope the fuck out of me right now. This is montage, like, rough up dude, like, shoot the gun over to him. They all grab it. You know what it is? It's like, what were you doing last Friday night? 
why y'all didn't check on any of these people's whereabouts before you like went and picked them up and all the men like cops doing maybe a little bit of cop work he could have found out that dude was in jail last friday that shit you could know as a cop why you wouldn't you just like a, cop a person that, murder on him? a person that goes to jail a lot it seems like that person's a person who goes to jail a lot they knew him. Uh, they kind of hint at it a lot that this person the cops and he it's a thing yeah he's got so, a record yeah look Look, just like read, they can't read. I don't. They might not they be able read. to read. They might no, not I'm with Gary. You, you're turning me on this. That's my. That's my. That's my first theory of trying to explain the shitty decision of this movie. They can't read, and then of course, like honestly, the fact that the guy was in jail was his lawyer. But then the next guy they bring in, he was in the hospital. The hospital, right? The hospital. <laughs> you can ask so, these people. Who was your, who was your favorite perp from the montage? Oh, the guy who the third guy. The guy who the was like, one. that's a cool gun you got there. Ooh, yeah, wow. that was my one. I, I loved him. <laughs> he confesses he just, to another crime. Yeah, he was like, I'd rather take three <laughs> than life or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'd rather take one to five than 25 to life. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Massaging the gun and <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, baby. Like, I'm not... <laughs> that guy Look, was great. He was a He psycho. was like, I don't know if I'll ever be in a major motion picture again. I'm going to go in and nail this here. scene. This is my scene. Oh, that energy. And he did. Beautiful. He took it. He took. He the owned the perp montage. He did yes. it absolutely. He had competition have, too. I want to shout have, out to that guy. Who was that actor, man? He was the best actor in the fucking movie. We got to have the pencil gun in a music video now, like oh. just twirling the. Twirling <laughs> oh yeah, <whatever>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that dude for giving us some comic relief. Which well, this absolutely. is this is this is part of my part of my thing. With right, that. I was waiting for on you the to get second, to this. Actually, on the second viewing of this, I'm like, these guys are so bad at covering up their crime is this supposed to be a comedy yeah and i come off of this because i watched gridlock and gridlock is it is a dark comedy it's about mm. junkies and tupac is one of the junkies and they are like trying to figure things out in the wake of a tragedy so it is a bleak film but it is incredibly funny and so i thought maybe this is supposed to be a comedy. And there are a lot of factors in here that make me think that. This scene that we've just described with the with the three perps is pure comedy. The way like their faces serious, rise right? and fall when they find out that the alibis are real. Like mm. it's amazing there. And it's hardly the only example of this. The banter between the you know, Tupac and Jim Belushi in the beginning about Hawaii, all that little business, that's pure buddy cop shit that's every buddy cop movie you've ever seen from lethal weapon on like it's just what it is and then like you include the scene with the lone shark he comes in there with this spiel about you think i have a good life and he's just complaining about it like, think i have great. a beautiful wife i'm a handsome person no i, I wouldn't I be in here money with you exactly and shout out and then, to tiny lister so right over there we get, yeah was, we get a debo appearance then we do Debo drops in with his same shirt from Friday. Prince of Old Wardrobe. Jonah were theorizing earlier that this is maybe in the same universe as Friday. Mm -hmm. And after Craig like uh, whooped Debo up out the hood and shit, like this is what he had to resort to to make a living. So that's still Debo, actually. So he rebranded as uh, Cutlass Supreme. Cutlass Supreme now. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's a sick rebrand. That's, that's not that's not a wild theory because it's a sick watched, rebrand. Jeff, do you remember when we did Grow House? We did we did Grow House. Of course, I remember Grow and, House. And we're like, this is just Worm again. Yeah, Donald Faison's that movie. Like he's just Worm again in that one. So I think if you if you truly believe it in your heart, any of these things could be. Part they of just the became those universe. characters on screen. They were like, well, yeah. it worked. I'm mm. just going to keep doing it. Yeah, I, I, I they, they criminally underused him. He made me angry too. No lines. Really, all he gets is a growl. He growls. Yeah, he growls. yeah. That's his line, Gur. Gur. So he just gurs. <laughs> they gave him a lot more on Friday. I'll tell you that. He, he stepped <laughs> forward and gurred. How do you direct that? You the director. All right, step forward and growl at him right now. Also, do you this? This just a off the cuff question. Sure. Do you need muscle if you're going to shoot someone? Absolutely not. I mean, like, I'm not saying, you know, maybe the first time it makes sense, but like this time when you're coming to collect, what's he going to do? If you're going to shoot this dude, it doesn't matter. Maybe he's trying to avoid the tussle. Maybe. Yeah. You know, just make sure he stays back far enough for you to get a good shot off on him or something like that. Cutlass Supreme will keep him on the other side of the room. Gotcha. I mean, Color Supreme does in the initial scene where you meet meet them. Uh, he is the buffer that protects the little guy, protects the protects the loan shark. Like, like Tupac gets up to like to to hit him, so and then Color Supreme gets right in the middle of that, and that's there. So like, there is a purpose to it. I mean, he was whatever he was paying him, as much as it was one of his you know considerable expenses. Uh, he earned he definitely earned his money that day just by <laughs> preventing that guy from getting socked in the mouth or worse. Because at the end of the day, if you look at this from the, an outsider's perspective, he's threatening a cop. Right. And whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck, crooked cop or otherwise, he's still threatening a cop. He doesn't know what this cop is capable of doing. He doesn't know that he's murdered 11 people. You know, he doesn't know what he's been up to. All he knows is this guy is, uh, is this guy is a deadbeat gambler <clears throat> that he owes this amount of money. And this movie just, was long. Man, so we're like barely in the first on. half hour. That's the so first like long. 35 minutes. minutes. It's in. such a slog. We <laughs> haven't even talked about Dennis Quaid. Good. We made the Quaid. That's what I was about to say. But that far, right. that, that's how far we've gotten. Quaid. We got like 30 Listen, minutes into this film. Until until the life-giving force that is James Rope Jones comes in into what turns into the last third of the movie instead of what should have been about 10 minutes uh once he comes in he immediately becomes the voice of reason and everything which before that for the first two-thirds of the movie belonged to tupac an 11 time murdering scum cop he was like the most reasonable rationale like everything he said he was like dog we need a better plan things aren't going well you seem calm for how things are not going well. And Jim Belushi's answer to everything was, relax, take a chill pill. That's what I'm saying. The way that they was like, they just can't going find through the me. And talking about it. I was like, this shit is so not believable. Y'all, y'all ain't killed nobody, bro. Like, y'all are way too calm about this shit, man. It's just like, oh, it's all good, man. Like, you worry too much. We got bodies out here, bro. Like, that's enough to us and one of them is one of the people from our cult they get real mad when you do that yeah we about to get the chair bro (laughs) you real cool over there man that's like the only rule in the death cult is don't kill people that are in on the death cult 
Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You can hit other people up, you know what I'm saying? But you got one from the inside. Yeah, we're in deep yeah. shit now. Not great. Exactly. You should be concerned. But like Dennis Quaid, when he shows up in this, and I, 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 I still am like, I would love to know his motivations of why he agreed to and was interested in doing this film. The only thing I can think of, just on the basis, it's definitely not the script, but it's that the character was so outside of what he had been asked to do in films. He had been a star in all sorts okay. of films by this stage, a very visible star in the 80s and 90s, that it was just like, I want to be unrecognizable on screen. I don't want to be a leading man or I don't want to be the guy who in the in the in the drama who is the protagonist. Mm. I want to just be a dirty, unrecognizable version of myself and then slowly over the course of a film reveal who I actually am. Figuratively <laughs> and literally. Fingerprints at this place. Uh fingerprinter is busted. It's gonna be four to six weeks on these fingerprints. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> There's the no way to prove who this person is in 1996. I'm really sorry to tell you. You can walk into an evidence locker repeatedly <laughs> and take and, and leave it as you see fit. The door but is fingerprints open. are going to take a while. The door is open. It's so easy to get in and out of there that we don't even know that there's a cage in front of it where someone is working. We until don't like yeah, we until never, the end of the movie. We meet him right at the end. <laughs> At the like, end of the movie. By the way, he's been just walking past these people. The, the whole the whole time. And returning and taking guns. And the guy has a nerve to be like, I hate this job. I just want to get transferred. I don't want to transfer. It's like <laughs> they yelled at me today. It's just like he's like a Tim Robinson character. It's like you realize we watched a movie where a character looked into the eyes of another character and said the words. Jail has been good to me. <laughs> he did say that. Jail, yes, jail has been good jail to is, me. Jail has been good to me. Jail. <laughs> On what planet? Jail. Like, <sighs> they gave just... my haircut, bro. And you know what? I've, since this is the realm of fantasy and shit, bro, yeah, jail was good to him. He went in there looking all types of fucked up, man. By that third visit... My man was looking real good, man. They Seriously. had him cleaned oh, up. Oh, totally. Bro, he looked like they the inside of a Tostino's man. pizza roll. They had your boy shining. Seriously. His hair was like crust, like crusty. Yeah. And then yeah. he was They wiped it all away. Billionaire. Listen, billionaire. Listen, Who's doing these makeovers in the lockup? Jail. This all happened in jail. Three hots in a the cot. They said a billionaire. Right? makeover. Yeah, they Look, said he's part of like he's part of he's like he's like the wealthy scion of a family. The missed opportunity yeah. is that like, what if the 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 prisoners were watching television and learned he was a billionaire while he was in jail? That That's more would interesting than anything this movie had to do. Somebody would have figured it out. I IRL and realized somebody would have figured it out. Seriously. As soon as that shit came off and they saw him on television and they saw him freshly shaved, over. Like this if this script done. if this script got got a rewrite from the people behind Oz, it would have been a way better oh, movie. Man, oh, let's man. Go. Listen, let's it would have been a different movie. The whole movie would have been in jail. Yes. It would have just been out of BC the rest of the time. It would have been amazing. But no, we don't get that. Instead, no. we get James Earl Jones, who really up until one scene has like three total lines. Until we get to yeah. the, the scene where he's interrogating the witness. So the, right? Yeah, yeah. Until the examination. He walks stand. into a room and like everybody freezes. 
Oh, what was his name? They're all like whispering his name. <laughs> it's like, is that Arthur Baylor? Right, is that, is that Arthur Baylor? What's Arthur Baylor? Arthor Baylor. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Baylor. Hi. Yes. Hello. Yeah. He he just shows up at so he shows up at this guy's house and like takes a newspaper out and goes, look. Doesn't say look. Just goes, mm. like. <laughs> so and the guy's like, what am I looking at? Because you're not communicating to me what I'm supposed to be seeing here. Like I don't understand. And it's like, look at the thing again. Oh, okay. Now I understand. But they don't share that with us for so long. So they drag out this latest comedic, again, it's where I think it's common, mm. surprise of actually this guy is not just some, you know, vagrant. He is the grieving scion of a wealthy family who is driven His himself His name ain't drink. even Joe. He ain't He's not even, even Joe. Joe. William. His name ain't even Joe. William. We thought we knew this man. We thought we knew Joe. That ain't Joe. Seriously. It's not Joe. His tragic tale. So, like... It, it's really impressive to me that they got some of the actors they got for this film, not Belushi. I mean, Belushi, I think Belushi did a lot of work during that period. I think he was up for whatever, but like Tupac is a, is a get James Earl Jones is a get Dennis Quaid is a get. And then you get some interesting other people like David Paymer playing the, uh, the lawyer playing his, yeah. his, his lawyer, his public defender. Like yeah. that guy has done plenty of comedy. Totally makes sense to be like, He's there to provide comic relief in this otherwise bleak film. But then like there was just so no many laughter is the problem. Everything is presented as like the starkest thing of all time. And these people involved are just like, uh, I don't know. What if I got it's like it's supposed to feel heavy, but it just never does. Yeah, it never feels serious. I'm like, well, not until I hope like the that end. they kill you. Not until not until next to the you end. deserve to die. When he, sh- I mean, we're jumping ahead to act, I don't know, I guess we say act three, but for the act 17, when he shows up at, <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the dancers, at the dancer's house yeah. and to kill her. Like, that's the darkest thing that happens in this whole film. And you go like, oh, wow. Like, you really see Jim Belushi has turned into this, like, monster talking about loyalty, where it's like, what was she supposed to do? She was going to perjure herself on the stand mm-hmm. and serve significant time if she hadn't said anything. Like what? What did you expect to happen here? Of course, she was going to say something like loyalty, like he told her how important loyalty was seven acts earlier. Fuck. Listen, he really wanted that boat, though. Yeah, he, he like really he really wanted that boat. Happen. That's that's the the like sort of pinnacle of whether or not we like this guy is that the first thing we really learn is that he's murdering people for a boat to get to Hawaii in a boat. Yeah. Boat. Yeah, how many people will you will you merc for a boat? Is what wow. this he was about. willing to go to at least twelve or thirteen while wearing <laughs> a shark tooth necklace. Shark tooth necklace. That's right. Ah, That's good eye, good eye. Yeah, that thing. You think is on him the whole time? You think yeah. maybe his whole thing was just like senioritis? <laughs> like he knew he was about to quit, so he was just like, "Just kill him, then. I don't care. Please stop with the problems. God." <laughs> That's how he played the character. It was just like not even supposed to be here uh, today. Are you sure he's not? She's here. Uh, how did One you find I, her? Oh, right, you're all cops. Mm. One thing I don't understand, <laughs> and this leads in there. One thing I don't understand is why was he so mean to that bail bondsman? Oh, what did he do wrong? Horrible to this man. We have Beat no context. Right. It's like is rude to him, is is nasty to him, is violent with him, all of these things. 
made him sell drugs. Yeah, like did terrible stuff to this yeah. guy. You want to get paid? Yeah. Sell this weird bag. He just so with here's a Ziploc I have. Ziploc, yeah. He comes up, he come out with another Ziploc. Freezer bag. No, he didn't know what to do with this. <laughs> said, that's twenty five grand. An open Ziploc full of flour. What did that turn you for? You know? Yeah. What, what do I get for this? Your services while I be a dick to you. There's <laughs> that. Mm. And the, it's a writer. The writer is the director. The director is the writer. So there's only one person to blame, really, for all of this. We can talk about performances. We can talk about this. But, like, it's one person's – this is a man's vision on the screen. Who was, who was the director on this one? This guy, writer-director, is this guy named Jim Koof. And Jim is somebody who had been a screenwriter since, like, the 1980s. Um, and he had a couple of notable films as a screenwriter. He had Stakeout, 1987, and its sequel, Another Stakeout, in 1993. And he directed a couple movies, Oof. but nothing that anybody had seen, like a 1986 well, this film. Was it for him. This is a wrap. So like, this him. was a big. This was the <laughs> this moment. This, this came out. This was a wrap. The Stakeout Family Tree. Those are comedies, right? Yeah, they're they're cop. Yeah, comedies. yeah, yeah. They're cop comedies. So he'd written cop uh, comedies, and kind of one of them's like a father and son duo, maybe even. Cop well, it's a generation. It's a generational thing. Yeah, generationally, sure, it's sure. like Richard Dreyfus and yeah. um, Emilio Estevez, and then the, right. the sequel adds Rosie O'Donnell. But it was like oh, a popular, always it was a popular a thing. It was a popular thing, but I don't know if the sequel. No, no, I mean, you know, it, I wonder if but, it made money. That's awesome. But I mean, I'm saying I'm putting a lot of blame on this guy because you won't believe what he did after this movie. I won't. After Gang Related, he didn't do uh, directing anymore, but he did uh, keep writing. His that's writing gorgeous. credits after he this. Did, he never directed he, again. So but, remember, 1997. That's 1997, he does gang related. Uh-huh. The next year, 1998, he has writing credits on a little movie called Rush Hour. Oh, wow. Really? Wonder how much he contributed, though. He is credited on that. And then a few years later, 2004, he is credited as the writer on National Treasure. Wow. Starring Nicolas Cage who is stealing the Declaration of Independence or whatever those movies are about. That's an absolute jam. And he owns, that's his characters. Like he has that in perpetuity. Like those are like, he gets credited on every film that they've Holy done, shit, every ex- brand movie? extension. So he's, he I mean, he's at least movie. one wow. of, he's one of the, so like the point I'm trying to make is like, he is capable of writing oh, things for sure. that are Loved how, by me. How much, how much heavy lifting did he do on those movies, though? Like, how much writing did right? he really put? He, he's just a man that fixed grammatical errors in the script and shit before it goes out. He might not really. <laughs> you can't say that, though. You can't say that. We don't right, know. I'm, I'm trying to find out how no, much he's, heavy lifting I mean, look, he did. Because judging by gang-related. <laughs> I know, but sometimes the, the budget falls apart. Shit stops working right and, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, well, there's also like, by, I think by the time they were like halfway do, through shooting that movie, they probably knew it was gonna suck. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. They, they I think it, it might have been had to complete it at that point. It might. I don't know which of the 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 Belushi rants it was when they realized mm-hmm. it, but it was definitely one of them. I wonder which one it was. <laughs> when they were like, oh, dude, that we're just going to do this all the time? Knew. This is it? Oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't even a character. You're just like doing a, a bad stand-up. But what the fuck was gang-related in this movie? Nothing. 
Where was the gang? There was Not no a, gang. They said the I meant zero gangs. They said it twice. They, like, they say it three times. Let's make it gang related. They say it three times. Like, why don't you make it gang related? But then it never happened. The first There's one is no the gang. one cop walks up and he's like, it might be gang related. And then he's gone forever. Right. <laughs> like, never, never see him <laughs> again. The, first one. the second one is like again. right after that. Because one of the cops walks up to them and is like, I heard you got a gang related. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where did like you one hear more that? Time where they're talking to each other and they're yes. like, yeah, is that exciting? Gang related. Three. <laughs> and then you three, don't meet a single gang member in the entire no movie. No gang members in the movie. I saw no gang members from any stats from around the, no, the only one that was close with, was actually a cop. <laughs> we watched a movie that stars Tupac Shakur called Gang Related. And there was not a single gang, no gang member portrayed in the entire film. The biggest, so this what the this, fuck? Listen, this movie has like eleven or twelve plot twists, right? Like there's it's so many weird, stupid plots. So like, oh, he's married. Oh, I was that was funny. Okay. That yeah. was funny. <laughs> the wife job. The wife that job. to me. <laughs> The funniest thing in that movie is when they reveal it was really funny three quarters of the way through this woman <laughs> that he's married. That, he has a that was a, a genuine laugh that's, from your boy. I actually one laughed. She's one scene and she's scene. gone. You never yeah, see her here from her again. Yeah, I don't even know what they said to each other because both times I watched this movie in these past few days, the two times I watched it, when she appears in the bed, I laugh. I just start laughing because <laughs> I'm like, we that's fucking hysterical. So we we've talked about how inept they are. One of those twists is them revealing way down the line that they've killed eleven other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That they've killed That's eleven like people. In, in they the, killed, the, yeah. the midway of the second act, kind of like. Mm. Yeah, he just, it's, it's like saying, over an hour so into this movie. He just drops the number like, and shit. Eleven like, yeah, is too much. I think like, yeah, eleven is too wait much. A minute. Like, bro, <laughs> You got You're this it. bad at this, and you work in homicide, and you've killed before. That you're working on an actual dozen. What in the f- fuck? It's it's wild to me that they committed all these crimes. This is their scheme, and they've only come at it with two hundred grand. Yeah. They make cop money. Bad targets. Bad targets. I don't. I mm-hmm. have to say that like they can just work a little more overtime. And they could have made exactly what they made off of this thing. So we know these guys weren't good cops in, in any way. You know, like they were, you know, murderous cops. They can't investigate for shit. Uh, bad at entering and uh, withdrawing evidence from evidence lockers. Terrible on court uh, appearances. Uh, you know, they, they just uh, F all across the report card on cop work. And uh, so like each one of these twists or turns... I think probably nine, 85 to 90 percent of them unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, completely. Each one comes with a new speech from Belushi, a new fun wants twist that no, wants that no one's really asking for. They're just like, dude, you're in charge of the plan, and I'm doubting the plan. And he's like, it's the plan, but it's like long, like he, d- he does a long explanation. Like when he realizes the the excruciating scene where she is like, I know him. And his reaction is just like, sign on this piece of paper that you don't know him. Yeah. Everything's cool. It'll be fine. He's like, no, it'll be here. fine. 
We're not talking about it here. By the way, they're doing it in the police station. They are talking about it. They're loud. They're they're in a room where everyone can hear them talking through the wall. And they're just outright, like, kind of yelling at each other about how she knows this dude and can't pin him. It's extraordinary. The dude even chimes in about it on the other side. He, like, hits the button in. No talking. Like, dude, you're not supposed to be in communication about it. She just needs to pick the dude. They're having a whole conversation and shit to the point like where you're, you're like tainting on the this evidence like, right hey, now. You guys shut the fuck up over there. Totally. It's hysterical. Just so pick a dude. <laughs> shut up and pick a dude. The first time it's I heard so that in the first time when I first watched it, I thought it was he was that somebody was talking to the guys in the lineup. And then the second time, I'm like, they are not talking to the guys in the lineup. They're talking to Belushi and Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're talking to. Like, so they heard the whole conversation. They hear everything. You know, they like, hear dude, you cannot do this. You are tampering with evidence right now, basically. I don't know what the official term or like, you know, swaying a witness. It's coercion. You're not yeah, supposed yeah, to right. do that. So see, this means this me going back about about the confidence of the confidence of like the, the writing is shit, right? So it's like I, he this man didn't write National Treasure, bro. I'm just saying he's got writing credits on it. He's at least involved <laughs> he in some way, shape, or form. What, the man who like, wrote that interrogation scene did not write Rush Hour. <laughs> but like I have to say, like, and you you guys, this is mentioned before, but my favorite twist in the movie is the very end of the film. Second second favorite is the wife reveal because it's the funniest thing in the film. But the oh, best sir. at the very end of this film, which is just like, it is this nihilistic, just like throwing the pages in the air at that point when he is murdered in the car. Each one of them is out of sequence. The like, By the crazy murderer. Finding out yes, it's a cop. <laughs> finding out it's a cop is the weight of the story and it's given away right away. So every one yeah. of the the twists and turns afterwards you're like this doesn't really change the issue no the issue is you kill the cop and they're like on your ass yeah exactly. and you're fucking up <laughs> like, so, at the very so i'm end, not really worried about a gambling problem all that much because you're gonna no. die or go to jail anyway <laughs> yeah you did, see what did I'm anybody saying? else when they were watching this and during the court scene just like scream out objection because <laughs> I did a few times, man. I couldn't even help this shit, bro. They was going so wild in court. I was Please. like, I'm just like, there's like 30 extra minutes of, of judiciary and like procedural stuff that like is totally unnecessary because no one is following any rules. No, just like a fucking dude just shows up and is like, I will be the lawyer here. Everyone's like, yeah, he's walking in the courtroom. <laughs> no, it's, it's him and the Arthur judge Baylor. is like, yeah, and the judge is like, all right, what do you got for me? Anything you want to? <laughs> anything you want to tell me? Anything going on? Something, some weird's going. Something's different. Some you guys done different. Got respect for Arthur Baylor, bro, to the point where he's like, my fuck my courtroom. Arthur Baylor's here. Yeah. Do what you <laughs> do what you please, bro. One guy shaved his beard now. off. One guy just showed up. Everybody else is just like, "Yeah, this is cool. We're not gonna I, ask. Dude, We're just gonna listen." Around the gun too. Like, when did they do that? When did they pass the gun to like the, the jury? The yeah, you got enter into evidence. They yeah. enter. Everybody into check evidence. it out. <laughs> like, 
check it. I'll put it like this is how you would fire yeah. it. You, uh, that's oh, not man. my gun. That's, that's not, not my not gun. My gun. <laughs> that's not my gun. So like, that guy, my gun. he jumps for a gun uh, that's not his in a courtroom where you, there's right. a bailiff and sunny. armed. Which is, a, which is a huge turn of events in the movie. You guys watch Always Sunny. Yes, I do. Here so there. Mac's dad in the show yes. is yeah. that guy. Yes. Yeah. Like and the same character. I think. As he was killing um, Belushi, I, I, it clicked in my brain. I was like, I know this guy. Yeah. And then it brought me right to Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like practically the same character. Mm-hmm. Like, essentially. Yeah. Like, it's like he went for, yeah, it's like a, a flashback. So if we put this all together, then this movie is the connector between the Always Sunny universe yes. and the Friday cinematic universe. Yes. So it posits Ooh. a world where Friday and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia are in the same universe. You you brought up Philadelphia. That brings me to a question I have about the film that I've wanted to ask since we started. Where are they? Where are they? <laughs> Where are they? What are they doing and where are they? Where is this? I couldn't figure it out. (laughs) What city is this? What city is this? Anybody catch it? Is it like Milwaukee? Is it Los Angeles? They're not in Atlanta judging by the quality of the strip clubs. And that's as far as I got. They're not in New York because it don't look like that here. No. You rule that out altogether. I was like, this has to be LA. This has to be California of some sort. This has to be some kind of California. It was never too That's cold. It. Temperature was always right. Never rained. Well, you know, there was. It was only two weeks long. It could have been. Yeah, yeah never rained. Wasn't that's that a big deal. Not one rain. If it didn't rain, that's a big deal. But yeah, and no. It was, it, it, and it was it a shouldn't... city. It was a. It was a city, not a small town. <laughs> My point but, is, so, it shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> no, it shouldn't should, be should, this hard. They're like wearing. Them. Some of them are wearing uniforms, and they're just like blank. Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing on there. Guys, Nothing. there's just four like a of us, picture of an oak tree. Four of us, and none of us could confidently say where this movie takes place. I have place. no idea where this place is. I think they wanted to be ambiguous, man, because it's like they scrubbed all clues of where this could really be. Anything that will point it's you true. to the city, they like, get that shit out the shot, man. No, like, no, 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 Chicago. no. It's just like, think of all the movies that got filmed in like Vancouver and Montreal and Toronto that were supposed to be Chicago or Detroit. Or New York City. It's like, you're none of these things. You are a different country in this yes. place. There like, aren't so like... They could have just said it at some point, but they didn't. They didn't reveal it. The cop cars didn't look like anything. You didn't get any sense of the courtrooms or where they were. There's like hardly any exteriors in this actual movie, too. They're either in no, a No, they don't do lot. any like real driving scenes. No. Everything's at night when they're outside. There's no, there's no the context most- to what is it's... But it's not like... In a studio. No. The most undescript everything. We start off with like undescript strip club. Then we go to undescript hotel room. Like old yeah. stripper lives in like undescript city building. The traffic doesn't seem to be like you front. can't hear the traffic. There's like literally no way to know if this is. No tell. A major city even. Okay. Except tell. one mm-hmm. detail. Tell. Oh, there's a detail. There, is, find there is a store that's open all night that resembles like a bodega corner store. It's a corner store. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so this is a corner store city. It's not New York. 
but it's a corner store <laughs> sale. It's <laughs> not. I can tell you it's not. I tell you, we're talking to you live. There's like all of the things we saw. None of that shit exists. There's no space for what they're doing. I think that there's no way to know on purpose, which is fine. This shit was filmed in Vice City, bro. Vice City. They're in Vice City. It's a GTA prequel. It's a GTA. Dude, if this was the if this was GTA Six or whatever is coming out. I don't really follow that series, but if it comes out and it's just this, like you get to play this and do it differently, oh man, oh. let's do it. Non-discrete <laughs> city. Oh my god! So they filmed it in Los Angeles. They, I had to look it up because I didn't. It's in they Los Angeles. Did, they filmed, filmed it in, in Los LA. Angeles. So I guess they thought the city was going to be distinct enough as a backdrop. But really, I you guess... only get outside of the hotel and then where they shoot. Exactly. You know That's what? Pretty much in all of one... it. The the there's a tell in that one scene where they're fighting in the car. I think they pull up to the L.A. River. Okay, uh, right, okay. right. I think you're right. And I like, think that's all we got there. Like, Oof. think of all the think of all the crime movies, like dramas, action films that have come out over the years, where L.A. is like one of the like co-stars of the film. Where Damn near like, a character. Yeah, there's some this... of these some of these films. Heat's a great example. You know, you can think about, you know, so many, so many films where this has happened and you go like, wow, like it adds by being the city. And here it's like, there's nothing distinct about it. There's just nothing distinct about the city. It could, it could have been anywhere. It, it could have been, been any city, any city. It could have been Cleveland. It could have been anywhere. It's, it's not, a, it's not like distinct. And that's one of the big failings of this. Cause like, you know, it being you should know LA, where this crime is taking place. It being in LA supports your theory that that it's Debo, Tupac, baby. yeah the tupac did this Debo, baby <laughs> uh, see this supports the theory that this is connected to friday right yeah all of this does. no all of this all of our theories are supported by la being the city yeah hey, i think man. i think we have something we here we yes. found it it's that the one thing it's the one thing we're holding on to for dear fucking life right now it's something <laughs> Listen, something they, to redeem this film they screwed our boy Tupac. They really. This was a bad role. It was a bad idea. They did Pac dirty. Every way. And this is listen. This way. was when Hollywood was mad. They would they would hit you with these roles. Yeah. You know, like he wasn't so big that he could just get what he wanted. This was like a chance to work with some really dope actors. Yeah. Some good names, right? Yeah, 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 this this shit was deal, great actually. on paper. But on you paper, have to be a, a bumbling moron cop. Like, we're going to make you into all the things that you aren't. And play Not second fiddle that. to a second fiddle Belushi. Right. He was also, he was a snitch too. And give you a terrible yes. scene partner. He was a all cop the, and All the that's, things. All the things that he says he would never do in, in real life of, with his other, with his rap persona. They made him do everything they the made, opposite. And you just said it. They made him a snitch. Yeah. And 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 worst of all, after that, like icing on the cake, because look, I didn't want to watch this movie since forever just because I knew Tupac was playing a cop in and that was enough for me. They like they took iced tea from me already. I'm just like, I don't want to see this shit. And so now I end up watching it. I'm already fucked up because Tupac's a cop. Then they made him a snitch. Then they killed a nigga off screen. Uh yes. It's a it, they did him so he dirty. Didn't even get a death NFL. scene. That's a great he didn't even point. Get a death scene. They mm. show a body, he's killed off screen. They show a body after I mean, just it's a levels of humiliation. The fact that 
he was wearing a wire. They, the levels of fucking humiliation. All but then it's also like wire years of, of telling the yo, truth. <laughs> when they like, pulled the wire off of the yeah. shit was like this big, bro. Dude, like, I know it was a lap. It was like a laptop. Take your shirt off, and this shit was like this. He was like, God. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> don't go, shirt. don't go Old telling tablets. the truth and then work in Hollywood. They will get revenge for the status quo. But when oh, will get revenge? But when do this you was think... a vengeance movie. How long yeah, it, was it this? Feels like it. How long was this multi-murdering cop wearing Where this wire? wire? How long this was he wearing this wire. wire for? Like the gigantic wire. When it was huge. Did he start. Snitching? That's why he had to wear that goofy ass tie, man, because he was trying to hide that fucking big ass microphone. Explains the big suits and everything. That's that is, that yeah, we found out the big suit. He got to hide the fucking recording equipment exactly. he got on his body. He got a reel to reel on the back of it. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't have been very early because, like, the second, the second they like discussed this thing with real names and everything, there was no code. Yeah, in this movie. yeah. they were just like that guy we killed, the DEA agent. Yeah, they were pretty yelled at like it. high volumes in the police station. So, like, I can't imagine that they had a wire at all because they would have come in and be like, "Sick, that's all we need." Yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah. We, thanks. We, we'll we we'll work out your deal, quick. and then you can fucking you're going to jail. Mm. Like that could have happened within the first point. five minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> At any point. And then 15 other times during the film. I don't know how many times Tupac yelled out, We killed a cop, but it was a lot. A lot. A lot it of was, circular who, logic. Who would you recast as James Belushi? Anybody? John Belushi. Ooh. Okay. I get the real Belushi. Like now, like who's acting, who was acting then? Who was acting then if you have it in you? Mm. Shit. Mine's Jimmy Buffett. Uh, it's like, it's uh, like, pretty what, what would Woody do? What would Woody do in that role? Oh, <laughs> That's yeah, why exactly. I want Jimmy Buffett. Is because he yeah. was trying to act like a weird pirate. Why don't just just hire the weird pirate? There's one already out there, just floating around. Grab him. Put him in the movie. But I was saying Woody Harrelson. Ooh. I think that's a good pick. That's good. All pick. of these that's would be better. Pick. I like it. Especially if they just solid. cranked up the the comedy aspect a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was going for. It's just like, let's make it a comedy. Now it's a little more of a naked gun situation. Yeah. Like, nobody would call White Men Can Jump a comedy, but he does add the comedic quality. Lots of jokes, though. That that is a movie based around jokes. Yeah. This had no jokes. It was all dead. It was all not not intentional. No No. intentional jokes. No, all unintentional jokes. I think some things were meant for laughs, and I think it just they they totally got it wrong. Like they I thought they the were mixing just, that. The tone of the movie period was just all fucked up. Yeah, like I could I could not feel the proper way I was supposed to be feeling at any no. point during this movie at all. I, I didn't notice too much um, offensive stuff going on. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't you know like you'll watch a lot of stuff from the eighties and nineties now, and it's like. You're like you can't make it now, and yes. uh, drug dealers are treated with a real like. I mean, I assume those are all the other bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like but that like, was their, his thing. Was like his mental justification was like they're yeah. not people; they're drug dealers. And our our dancer friend really got put through the ringer too, as kind of oh, a sure. non-human. Yeah, but, I mean, like yeah, yeah. Layla Rashawn got done dirty yeah. too. 
This film's yeah, not totally. kind to women, but I think I think Jonah's point is well taken that because I think that you exactly have this phenomenon. There's no like to, jokes between like, them. It's not about something like there's anything, a joke yeah. at the, there's like some there's like a joke that's like overtly racist or one that's yeah. just like okay, well, like they just said something about like stereotyping Asian people. Like right. we've watched straight up comedies that are just like if you tried to make it today, they would only show it on like Newsmax. It's the only place Rush, that would air. Rush hour. Yeah. Rush, Rush Hour is a great example. Oh, man, Rush Hour is... Rush Hour is that all. comedy. Filled like, to the brim. In 1998, yeah, you max. laughed your ass off. By yeah. 2024, you'd be like, oh, uh, oh, oh goodness yeah. gracious. And, and this was really going for it. And this is what made us like Jackie Chan. How fucked up is I mean, that? it's like... Uh, it's like, like, like America watching... loves Jackie Chan because of Rush Hour. It was like watching the 48-hour yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was like, oh, my... My, you really reached in that well and just dug it all up, didn't you? Mm. Some hard R. This in is there, really huh? something. <laughs> this is really something. <laughs> so, yeah, the the one film thing that redeems this film, because while this film itself was not a hit, its soundtrack was a hit. Mm. It was. So as they we got said all earlier, the Tupac songs, it was on Death Row. Uh, Death Row. Having uh, been uh, parted ways with, let's just say, Interscope after Suge Knight's conviction, uh, it moves over to Priority Records, and there is a two-disc set. The soundtrack. Uh, wow, that's Daz crazy. Dillinger, twenty-four Outlaws. songs on this thing. It's a two-hour-long. If you put everything, it's like two hours long. This You've is got, crazy. I like, didn't even know it was dog. like that. Nate Dogg song on there. I mean, this is definitely a later period. You know, there's some West Side Connection. It also gets on priority. There's an Ice Cube song on there. Um, Greed by Ice Cube. Yeah, which is on the album that he put out for priority the following year. I so had, you know what I'm I had no idea that was here. What the fuck? This soundtrack crazy. It's, it's <laughs> artists whose names you will in some capacity or another recognize. But it was it was number two. It debuted at number two on the Billboard 200. The only reason it wasn't number one is because that was the same week that Janet Jackson put out the Velvet Rope. Wow. The movie came out after Tupac was dead already, right? That's right. It's the last yeah, one that came out. Yeah, because he died in 96. Yeah. So, so anything with Tupac naming it at that point was selling. There was yeah, probably Tupac on everything in... at that point. It was like it was like Machiavelli fucking five hundred ninety two or whatever. They released so many Tupac albums and just whatever Tupac shit was in the vault. That shit all came out, they and it all went like album. platinum or whatever shit was going back then. They released the Tupac album a month after this movie came out, and it was the second of the posthumous albums. Right, and before that, right. there had That's been two saying. movie soundtracks dropping. that had these posthumous songs on it too, for Gridlocked and for Gangrel. So like, it was it was the pure milking phase. But like, yeah, an overloaded soundtrack that has very little, if anything, to do with the actual movie. Relatively few of these songs actually show up in the film. There was at one point, according to the director, an opportunity that was, of course, because of his his tragic death, his murder, meant it couldn't happen. But Tupac had like intended to be like the composer of the soundtrack for this movie. Apparently, wow. this is again according to the director Jim Koof, this was something that they were discussing. And the film wrapped production in September of 1996, and two weeks later, he was murdered. So got huh. killed, yeah. they got all this stuff on screen. It's not like they've had to do things in later. They had they filmed everything they were going to film with him, uh, but 
apparently the idea was that he was going to be even more involved. And I think it's like, you know, you think about the transition of how he kind of moved away from music and more towards acting after these successes and doing these, these films that many of which were meant to be things that would be shown in a movie theater and benefit from his star power. So it's something that speaks to the the, the tragedy of, of it is that there were things, there was growth that was coming. Even though this was not a particularly good film, you'd have to assume that there was more that he would do on screen that would redeem like any actor. Like, okay, you did a couple of stinkers, but most of your films are really good. And I, if I we go on by just the acting, he did a lot better than uh, than Belushi, who was a more experienced actor. That's true. If we go I mean, on just their performances, we the, the the script was trash to begin with, so mm -hmm. nobody really had like a lot to work with there. But if we go on, on you know, just the performances, uh, you know, Pac definitely did a better job than Blue. Man, Blue, she was killing you this shit. <laughs> the whole movies, bro. I couldn't take this nigga, bro, the whole time. They really tried with Belushi in, in in that period in the in the 1990s. They really tried to make him into a real star, and I think the most you get from that is, you know, in the 2000s when he found his his way to stardom as a sitcom dad with According to Jim. That's that's where he belonged. He was never meant to be the lead in a film like anything that we watched. He was meant to be a sitcom dad. And he got his wish. And where, now, he, where he shined at, yeah. And now, like, it, it sort of redeems him in some people's eyes because some people remember him as sort of the, like, cranky dad on TV as opposed to the guy who made Tupac's last movie awful. The film was number 10 its opening weekend. And just as, as we're describing, Tupac is, like, still charting with posthumous material. So yeah. this movie was so bad that they had to, like... They couldn't sell it on, this is Tupac's last movie. You should go see it. It made just under $6 million, which I don't know what the budget was for this. They haven't really revealed that publicly. I've been looking around to see if I could find it. The truth of the matter is, like, this movie did not make money. It they lost some bread, bro. And it, and it, and it, yeah, tarnishes, and it tarnishes you know, one, one legacy. No one ever says, like, this is Jim Belushi's worst movie because he's done worse. But, you know. The soundtrack thing you brought up is interesting. Mm. Tupac didn't do the soundtrack. So they just kind of hired a mishmash of musicians to kind of handle noises. The actual soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The actual soundtrack. The guitarist you hear is mm. Sammy Hagar. What? Yeah. And the drumming you hear, the like tabla playing and stuff, that's like one of the greatest tabla players of all time. Zakir Hussein. Wait. Wow. Who's like how did, incredible how did they and like here? just basically every now and again just goes <laughs> just puts a little like sprinkling <laughs> and you don't hear from him again for like 30 minutes. Hagar, but there's no riffs. He no just riffs sort of is like blah, 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 blah. like just makes noise with his guitar every like 35 minutes. They paid <laughs> those, they, those good guys money got for paid. They got, those guys got paid. They got paid good money for that. Gary, lately, I have been trying my my darndest to not get caught up in an issue, but to try and find a clear path forward if I'm unhappy with the issue. Okay? Something I'm trying to do. Instead of dwelling on things, let's move forward and make some changes. 
Okay. I we we're gonna come with some we're gonna have some fun. Let's go have some fun with these next couple of episodes. Oh, because that was fun. not fun. I didn't really have a lot. God, of fun. that sucked. I mean, talking to the guys was wonderful. Great, that was so much fun. What a time! But cathartic. Oof, watching that movie was. I just felt bad. I did not feel good at all. No, watching that film and knowing that we made other people watch that film. We so we're gonna do. Let's it. let's 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 get the thinking yeah. caps on. Mm-hmm. You know, and let's yeah. get after it. Yeah, I think it's time for some fun. I think it's like, let's watch some things that make you feel good. Even if they're not particularly good, they don't have to be good movies necessarily. They we don't could have to laugh. Be, and they we don't have could, to be bad movies either, but they have to make you feel good, like you're having a good time. We could feel uplifted. We could dance. I think we can I think we can figure this out, but we yeah. cannot watch another cop slog. No. No more cop slog right now. I no need more. Out. We've got to be wary of that going forward because- there's a lot of these films with rappers. So in many. Like cops or criminals is like a very Listen, common thing. They brought it up a little bit. You know, they got Ice T, I think, was yes. said by Be Easy. Be Easy, yeah. And I, and I think that there's a greater point to be made that a lot of times that's what they were doing. They were like, you have spent your time like shitting on the cops if it, or, or being a part of that, you know, a music that does that your punishment is you got to play cops or it's a punishment like the joe pesci movie the super where slumlord mm. is compelled by the court to live in the building uh, that he has been derelict in maintaining mm-hmm. a fate as cruel as joe pesci's the super jail's done me a lot of good it's the cabbages podcast network 